Well, good morning. We did it. Everybody give yourself a hand. We finished 21 days of prayer and fasting. Come on, you can do better than that. 21 days of seeking the Lord and consecrating our hearts to the Lord. And um, we're a lot better from having done that. Who, who says I'm a lot better from having done that? Amen. Praise the Lord. So we're celebrating that. We're celebrating that. Uh, last week I began to talk about the sequence of agreement and alignment and how we move into assignment. And even today as Nick and, and Annabelle and Omar, as you guys came into agreement in salvation of your heart and giving it all to the Lord today, now then you're in that phase where you're aligning your life and setting it in a parallel that's pleasing to the Lord. And when we do that, then we are sent out. Everybody say we're sent out. We're sent out on an assignment. So uh, that's a little bit about how we have got to the point where we are today. So when we're in aligned with God, we begin to walk in our assignment. So um, if you turn your Bible in Ephesians 2.10, it says this. It says, for we are God's handiwork. In other words, we're God's creation. In Christ Jesus, to do. Everybody say to do. We're here to do good works, which God has prepared in advance for us to do. So one more time this week, I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, God has a good work for you to do. God has a good work for you to do. Amen. We're all a part of this thing together. You know, our head needs to be on a spindle looking for how we can be used of the Lord each week. And our heart needs to be open and our ears attentive to that little nudge. How many know what I'm talking about when you get that nudge of the Holy Spirit that you just feel like you need to do something, that he's setting up some things for you to help him with? Anybody here want to help the Lord? We want to help the Lord. So agreement, as we said last week, agreement is where we're hearing and receiving and saying yes to God's plan. Agreement is when we get to that place and that point where we say, Lord, it's not part of me, it's all of me, and I say yes to your will and your way. Your kingdom rule and your kingdom reign in my life and do on this earth just as you planned it in heaven. So that's how we're getting in agreement with the Lord. And you know, even throughout the Bible, uh, we see that Abraham got in agreement with the Lord and God called him and he left. Noah got in agreement with the Lord, and he got some blueprints and built an ark. Joseph had a dream. He got in agreement with that dream, and God used this guy to feed a whole nation and a whole world at that time. Moses had a burning bush experience. He had a moment where he came into agreement and said, your will be done. And look what Moses did. How many say Moses did a lot? Well, God's got a lot to you to, for you to do. Even Paul, who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, he got in agreement with God when God knocked him off his high horse with a light from heaven. And Paul said this, and I want this to be everybody's call, is Paul said this after he got knocked off his high horse and asked Jesus to come into his heart. He said this, what would you have me to do now? Can everybody say, what would you have me to do, Lord? What would you have me to do? That's getting in that agreement with the Lord. And when we're praying and fasting, that's what we do. And we learned last week that whether we turn to the right or the left, that we're going to hear God's voice so clear behind us saying, this is the way I want you to walk in this way. So that's getting in agreement where we have that. 
And up on your board, you're going to see a life mission map. I want you to pull that up. When you're getting in agreement and you're beginning to hear, what is it that you want me to do? What is it that you want me to do with your life? I laid that out to where that's kind of an, a, a way that you can do it. And also I gave you stewardship maps when you came in. And what you can do is you can take different parts of your life, like with your money, what's your goals in your budget, with your work, what is it that God's telling you to do with your work? Um, what's God challenging you to do with your relationship with him this next year that you need to first agree with because he's not going to make you do it? How about your family? How about your family? What's some things that you want to go towards, that you want to, 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 to move towards? How about fun and some downtime? Your health, what's some health goals or some health things that you want to happen in your life? But I thought that was real good to, to take those things and even that stewardship map. How many of you have one of those stewardship maps? What you can do is you can take and write your own things in there. This is what I believe through this prayer and fasting, this is the direction that I feel like God's telling me to do. Here's some things that he's asking me to work on. I'm coming in agreement with that. And now then we're aligning. Everybody say aligning. We're, that's where we put an order. God wants to establish an order, a process. Whenever order is restored, then blessing can be released. You know, everybody wants to go from point A to point B, and sometimes we just want to play hopscotch and jump to there. And, and we're never going to get to point B unless we have a divine plan uh, where God's given us some steps and some processes, and, and this is the way that, that we should go. Walk in this way. Um, and when we begin to get those steps and processes, that's what I mean with alignment. So we're getting into that alignment and moves us to our last point, which I want to focus on today. When we get in alignment, this is when we move into our assignment. This is where we move into walking it out and doing what God's called, called us to do. To me, this is where the rubber meets the, work, meets the road. I think a lot of people get stuck here. I see businesses get stuck here. I see marriages get stuck here. Everybody's got these dreams. Everybody's got how we want it to be. Everybody, ha this is how I want my home to be. This is what I want my finances to be. This is what I want my marriage to be. And even those things we're hearing, they're things that God wants to be too. You're in agreement with God. And, but, but there has to be a clear and a precise and, and, a, and, a, and a timing. And, and, and it, it has to be written down where we can see it. And then what we got to do is we have to walk it out. Again, I see a lot of business leaders stuck in envisioning there's a lot of envisioning and there's a lot of want to and there's and there's some planning but successful execution and walking it out it eludes people it really does to walk it out there's got to be perseverance there's got to be tenacity there's got to be some grit how many know sometimes you got to roll up your sleeve and it's hard work how many know it's doing things that you don't want to do sometimes I mean, no, most plans fail uh, because when that push comes, where we need to make that push to succeed, we just kind of set back. We need to be a can-do person with what God's calling us to do. How many know that we can do all things through Christ? 
So, so when we're clear in agreement and we're clear on our assignment and, and we know what we've aligned our lives, we, we, we've got our goals, we're setting, this is the way we want to go, we need to be a, a, a can-do person. And my mom used to say, can't, di- can't never did anything. Can't died in the ditch. Can't never did anything. Can't needs to be out of our vocabulary, and we need to let God give us the ability to get some things done. Somebody say amen. We need to be able to make decisions quick and effective and timely. And I, this came to me this morning when I was putting some final things on here. Is any part of our life or business lagging or waiting on you? How many, how many, how many of, of the situation, the circumstances, and things we're trying to change, how many is it waiting on you? A lot of times I notice, if I'll be honest with myself, God's not waiting, God's, we're not waiting on God and we're not waiting on others. People are waiting for us to do our diligent and to be active and present in what God wants to do. Even with a ministry calling, I'll hear people say, oh, God's called me to the ministry. I want to be a pastor. I want to be a pastor. And you know what? They want this. They want to stand in front of people and to say a word, which actually this is the part that scared me the most that I didn't want to do. But a lot of people, they just want to be up here in front of everybody and doing everything. But there's steps to it. And if people come and say, man, I'm called the ministry, start by serving. Sign up for cleaning. Take the lowest part. Go out and and sign up in the the parking lot. Uh, Be a greeter. And be faithful with that little thing. Be faithful with that little thing. And quit waiting for the big thing. And quit waiting for the big arrival. I'm getting to the big arrival where my marriage is going to be all that God's intended it to be. It might start with rolling up your sleeves and washing some dishes. It might start with just saying, honey, I love you. It might start with if there's trust problems to, to, to them letting, you, letting them know where you're at. It might be if, 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 if there's just an openness for little steps. Everybody just wants to jump from point A and land on point B. And you'll be twiddling your thumbs in the same spot next year if you do that that you are right now. There has to be some steps and there has to be some processes and there has to be some, some, some clarity from God that we receive through prayer and then we walk them out one at a time. Is anybody with me? Say amen. You know what? We're celebrating something today. Um, one of my good buddies the other day said, do you realize 10 years ago you and I were setting an iron walk and we were writing on a napkin, and you were drawing the church building. You cho- told me you had an airplane hanger, and, and Pastor, you was drawing the church building, and we were talking about how we wanted to sign, and we need to do this, and we need to do that, and we had this big old list, napkin after napkin, with a whole bunch of bullet points all over it of things that God wanted to do with Church on the Rock. I didn't realize it. Guys, we are celebrating 10 years of being in this church this month. Let's give the Lord a hand for that. Ten years. Ten years. Now we could have we could have said, hey, God's called us to have a church, and we sat down. How many know we busted our heinies trying to get in this church? We started out in that foyer, 
The foyer was our church, and there was tarps up where you couldn't even come in here. Nothing was done in the basement. Nothing was done on the second floor. In the last 10 years, we went from the foyer into here. We occupied the downstairs where there's uh, 60 to 100 people down there every week. We occupied the upstairs. We've built a pavilion. We've got sprinkler systems and soccer fields and, 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 and all these ministries and all these people and the lives that have been touched. But it didn't happen by just, oh, God wants to have a church. There has to be steps and processes. And buddy, I remember the times of being in the lower level and, and, and working by myself and, and, and looking at the impossible odds on how is this ever going to be. But it's with tenacity, it's with perseverance, it's with faith and hope and trust in the Lord that you can push through and we can be agents of change in this world. I'm telling you, that's moving into assignment. Moving to assignment is when we align with God's will. We align with His Word, and we align with, the, with, with His will. It's having some forethought and some planning. It's having big faith. Simple, simple definition of faith. Faith is the substance for what you can't see. And it's the evidence. Faith is the substance of what you're hoping for. Let me do that again. Faith is the substance. It's the ingredient. What I'm hoping for in my marriage that I don't see yet, until I see it, faith is the substance of what I'm hoping for. I see, Carmen sees her husband as God sees him. Carmen gets in agreement with God and calls out that she has a godly husband, that she has a loving husband. That she has a kind husband. She gets an agreement with God. And then when her husband is a jerk, she rubs his back, true story, and tells him how good of a husband he is and how amazing of a father he is as she aligns with God's word and his will. As she keeps faith as a substance of when she can't see anything. And what's happening in their marriage. It's faith as a substance of what you're hoping for. What are you hoping for today? What are you believing for? There are times that the only thing you're going to have is your faith. Cling on to faith like a bulldog clings on to a bone. And hang on and don't let loose. Hold on to your faith. It's what you're hoping for. And it's the evidence of what you don't see. We got too many give it up people. The minute that we don't see some result, we quit. And we say it doesn't help. People that are on assignment can't quit. Anybody out there say amen. I'm hearing from God. I'm agreeing with it. I'm aligning my life and my will with him. Now I'm walking in assignment. His will is my way. Somebody say amen. So there's a faith. There's a humility that we never want to be in a position of demanding that things work out this way and that our goals are accomplished this way. Man, so many times we start telling God how to answer our prayers. It's got to be this way, exactly how I say. I'm telling you, the Lord's will through humility has to trump our own every time. And then there's a strong commitment. There's a strong diligence. These are in your notes. There's a diligence. There's a perseverance. And there's also a motivation. Do you know God, have you ever woke up and just said, man, I'm not, I'm, I'm not motivated today. Anybody done that besides me? I'm not motivated today. 
The Bible, when I'm not motivated, I go to Philippians 2.13. And I say, God gives me both the desire and the power. Come on, somebody say desire. desire. Who gives you desire? Who gives it? What's the word say? He gives me both the desire and the power to do what pleases him. Come on, I'm telling you, there's some overcomers in this church today. I know that. I know that. So, so God motivates us. So Jesus, I want to give just a couple more examples before I close today. But in Matthew 21, 1 through 9, that's something you ought to read sometime, the, the whole story. It's, uh, it, it's, it's right before Jesus was coming in for Palm Sunday. But in carrying out your assignment, the first thing, write this down, is you have to be close enough to hear. You have to be close enough to hear. The Bible says, go, in 21.2, in Matthew, it says, go into the village over there, and as soon as you enter it, you'll see a donkey tied there with its colt beside it. Untie them and bring them back to me. So the first thing is that you have to do to be on assignment with God is you got to be close enough to hear what he's saying. Go in town. There's going to be some colts here. Untie them. Bring them to me. They were close enough to hear his plan. See, this was even an Old Testament prophecy that was written thousands of years ago that Jesus knew all that. Do you know that God has a specific prophecy? A future for you? How many believe that? There is a specific prophecy for each and every one of your lives. And we have to be close enough to hear for him to say, I need this. I need you to do this. And then the next thing, we have to be bold. Robert, the Lord's been telling us we have to have bold obedience. We have to have bold obedience. Partial obedience is disobedience. We need to be bold with, with our obedience to God. Bold enough to, be, to, to obey. Our willingness to boldly obey is crucial to receiving His will. Look at 21.3. Look at 21.3. First he tells him to go. Look at this. If anyone asks, what are you doing? Just say, oh, the Lord needs these, this colt and this donkey. And he will immediately take them. Do what? What would you do if you were at Walmart? Or you were eating out somewhere? Or you were getting, going home from your work? And you went in the parking lot and somebody walked up and said, the Lord told me to come and I'm supposed to have your car and I'm supposed to take it over here. How many of you would be like, oh, no problem. Here you go, take it. Think about that. That's some bold obedience. That's some bold obedience. God's going to ask you to do some things that is bold obedience i gotta tell you something most of the time that i do something for the lord i didn't even realize i did it most of the time Th things just are divine I I'm, I'm submitted every morning 
and I just try to, to listen. But even this week, even this week, let me show you some bold obedience that was really blind in me being obedient to it. Is um, Last week, I, 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 I um, asked some people to come up here and pray. And I don't ever have them come up and pray. Um, but God spoke to me clearly, have them come up and pray. And then this week, I was talking to these people outside of here, and I'm sure they don't mind me sharing this story because it brings glory to God, and you'll never even know who it is. But um, this, this person, I see him all the time, and I was like, hey, uh, me and Carmen need to go out to eat with you sometime. Do you ever have lunch with your job where you can just get away and we can go have lunch? I've known these people for years and I've never done that. But God orchestrated those two things to where texts went back and forth. And me and these people ended up having a very, very, very important discussion on Saturday that was life-changing. I didn't know. I'm telling you. I'm not going to sit here and act like I'm something. I'm not. Three-quarters of the time I get used by the Lord, I don't even realize it. And I'm like, I did what? I did what? That's Matthew 25. We need to be walking in such an obedience. Uh, Jesus, in Matthew 25, he's like, man, I was in prison, and you came and seen me. I was sick, and you came and prayed for me. I was this and that. And they said, we did what? We did, Lord? We didn't even know it. Because a person, which really brings me to this third point. In carrying out our assignment, we have to be close enough to hear. We have to be bold enough to, to obey and we have to be humble enough to get out of the way. Close enough to hear, bold enough to obey, humble enough to get out of the way. Can anybody here say, Jesus, be the center? Be the center. Let, let, me, let you be the center and my world revolve around you instead of me be the center and you're just a part of what revolves around me. Anybody say, Jesus, be the center? Because the Bible says here in 21.9, it says this, Jesus was the center of the procession and all the people around him were, what they were doing is they were praising and they were shouting unto him. So in our assignment, close enough to hear, bold enough to obey what he's telling you to do, period. And then humble enough to say, all the glory to you, God, great things you have done. Anybody out there say amen. amen? Amen. So we followed. So in the last, as the musicians are coming, so in the last um, 21 days for us, we followed Jesus' model of prayer and fasting. He did it for 40 days. But in this time of prayer and fasting, I want to jot down some things that's happened to you. If you guys grab your inserts, this isn't in your inserts, so you might want to jot it down. But in this time of setting ourselves aside for the Lord and making a space, fasting is making, prayer and fasting is where you're making space for God to fill. And, and, and how you went that extra where you've turned the TV off and you've said, I'm going to spend time with the Lord and stuff like that. You all know what I'm talking about. It's in that prayer and fasting. When Jesus was 40 days of prayer and fasting, the first thing he learned is he learned how to resist the enemy. 
Do you guys realize in this 21 days, you've learned to resist? And that's why fasting is so important because, and why you mix it. Because when your belly growls and your belly says, I'm hungry, you say, you're not eating. Oh, I'm hungry. I'm hungry. You're not eating. But I want to eat. No, you're setting aside time to be with the Lord. So you've taken a stick and you've beaten your flesh for 21 days and you've taught it. We have to discipline our flesh, guys. The flesh never wants to do what God wants to do. Did you all hear me? My flesh never jumps up in the morning and says, oh boy, it's time to go pray. My flesh never jumps up. Hey, the reason we quit calling it 21 days of prayer and fasting, how do you get people excited about prayer and fasting? That is hard discipline. So we named it 21 days of seeking God so he'll revolutionize your life. Are y'all with me? We changed that on you this year. Who wants to not eat? I hate not eating. All right? But you learn to resist. And what happens is when you learn to say no to your flesh in one area, it gets to where you can say no to looking at that, no to going here, no to reacting like that, no to saying that, because you've learned to resist. The second thing prayer and fasting has done for us is it taught us to overcome. How many know we've had our noses in the Word and we've, Jesus overcome, came the enemy with what? As it is written, the Word of God. So we've been spending time in the Word and spending time in prayer where we're learning to overcome. In prayer and fasting, how many have heard some things? Lift up your hand if you've heard some things through your prayer and fasting. I've heard a direction. I've heard some things. God's done a work in me. I'm hearing some things. I'm hearing a calling. I'm hearing an assignment. I'm hearing clarity. Hey, guys, Jesus was 30 years and his ministry hadn't started yet it was just now starting what he was doing in that wilderness is he was getting clarity of what God wanted him to do that's what you've been doing here's the next thing you've been doing in this 40 days of prayer there was incense prayer and fasting he came out of the he came out of the wilderness and the Bible says walking in the power of the spirit so here's what you guys have done for 21 days You've learned to resist, you've gotten your nose in the Word, and you've learned to overcome, okay? You've done those two things. You've received your calling, your assignment, you're agreeing with it, you're aligning with it. And now you're going out in a new power so God can do it in you. And then Jesus ended it in the temple. Jesus ended, and he, after he came out of the wilderness he went into the temple and he was handed the book of Isaiah and he opened the book and he said the spirit of the Lord is upon me right now everybody in this church I want you to close your eyes and say the spirit of the Lord is upon me say it again believe it the spirit of God is upon me God's with me and he's anointed me he sent me, I'm on assignment, He's sending me to heal broken people. He's sending me to proclaim liberty to people that are in captivity. He's sending me to help people that are walking in blindness and they can't find their way. Man, He's given me the power to give liberty to people that are oppressed and 
anxious and fearful. He sent me to proclaim that the Lord is coming. When that happened to Jesus, he closed the book and he gave it back to him. And he said, this day, this scripture has been fulfilled. Right now, I want you to say, Lord, fulfill this scripture in my heart. Fulfill this scripture. Right now, all across the building, I want you to say, I, I, I want to ask you, who will say, not my will, but yours be done? Who says, Lord, I've been running, I've been doing my own thing, I've been going at things the way I want to. Today, I submit my will to you, and I come in agreement with you. Today, I want to align my life with your way, because my way had not been working all that good. Lord, I pray that you'll change my future today. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. With every head bowed and eyes closed, who would say that you came to church today, you haven't been in church for a long time, and maybe you've never been in church? Who would say today that Jesus just really isn't a part of your life at all? Or who would say that he is a little bit, but I need him to be more. But you're not here by an accident today. This is part of God's plan that you're here today. If you are here today and you feel like that Jesus is foreign to you, that, that he's not a part of your everyday life, with every head bowed, nobody's looking around, this will just be between you and me. Would you just slip up your hand and say, pray for me today, Brian? Pray for me today. Just slip up your hand. I see that hand. Anybody else? I see that hand in the back. Anybody else say that Jesus is foreign to me? I'm not walking with the Lord. I'm not living for the Lord today, and I would like to. Could I see your hands just one more time? I'm looking around. Any others? I see those two hands over there. Praise God. You guys are new to me. Praise the Lord. Guys, there's been five people. If, if, if you wanted to do it and you were just too afraid to lift your hand, that's okay. Pray this prayer right now. Nobody prays alone at Church on the Rock. So everybody pray. Dear Lord, I come to you today. I'm inviting you to be a part of my life today. You haven't been but I'm inviting you to be. I believe that you died and that you rose from the dead. I believe that today. And I say that with my mouth. And your word says that when I say that and I believe that, then I'm saved. That Jesus is in my heart. Thank you, Lord, for forgiving me. Thank you for putting the Holy Spirit in my heart. And from this day forward, say it again, from this day forward, I'm going to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Give the Lord a hand clap today. <laughs> I don't usually do this, and it's not a requirement. I just remember we talked about that nudge. If you made a decision for Christ, 
today, I, I'm telling you, I usually don't do this. I, I'm just feeling that nudge. Give somebody the opportunity to be bold today and say, man, I made a decision for the Lord today. If you made a decision for the Lord today, your heartbeat's going to be going real fast right now. But if you made a decision for the Lord today, I want you to stand up out of your seat and come down here and let me give you a hug today. Anybody want to do that today? If you made a decision, that's bold. That's bold. That's bold. But if you made that decision for the Lord today, here comes a bold soldier. Soldiers and come do that today. Anybody else? Anybody else want to do that? Amen. Prayer team, come forward. Prayer team, come forward. You can be prayed for for anything you're going through. If you need healing, if you need encouragement, if you need someone to stand with you on a situation you're going through, if you're discouraged, if you're sad, whatever it is, you can come to the front and these guys are going to pray with you. God bless you. You're dismissed in the name of the Lord.